Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is going on, everybody? We are live for another episode of Believe in Kentucky. We got Aaron Gershon, north of the border, the QB1, Jalen Whitlow. What's going on, y'all? How's everybody doing? Good, doing man. good, man. Crossover season in July. Uh, we got plenty going on, both basketball and football-wise. Obviously, basketball is kind of taking center stage right now, but uh, that'll shift in less than a week. So uh, a lot of fun stuff going on for the middle of summer here. So this is typically the slowest week in sports. Tonight might be the slowest night in That's sports right. of all year. <laughs> Except for us, we got we got a little something to talk about today, thanks to Global Jam. That, that's exactly right. Yeah, no baseball at all. Uh, obviously, with the All Star break these next two nights, but uh, you know, Kentucky basketball found a way to get games on the schedule. So uh, that's good for everybody. I think. I think everyone just, you know, uh, enjoyed having that back in their lives. Are gonna enjoy it for the next, you know, couple days here in the middle of the summer. And then, uh, like I said, it shifts right to plenty of football talk next week. And then uh, spring. I mean, uh, spring. <laughs> see how far behind I am. Uh, <laughs> fall camp is. Uh, is only two, three weeks away here, man. So I just got the notification that UK Football Media Day is going to be on August 2nd. So uh, we're rocking and rolling. Wow, that is say the 12th, three weeks away, man. man three yeah. weeks away, yeah. I mean, it is – we're flying, man. I mean, there are days in June with this job where it's like, man, you know, I'm, I'm a little bored right now. I'm, I'm itching to get at the bit. And then uh, and then it, it catches up to you quick uh, that you should – worship the free time while also being excited obviously and and ready for when it all starts but uh yeah that, that quiet period uh goes pretty quick <laughs> so let me before we move on to since there is nothing going on like you mentioned no baseball let me just say that you know i'm glad the national league finally ended that streak i'm glad right glad nationally got the win the all-star game uh you are live we are all live as we we've getting used to doing that first of all appreciate everybody that's watching and subscribes and tunes in getting used to subscribers and all that you are in toronto covering the game had you been up there before to toronto no actually I, my only other time i left the country was uh as a kid to go to the caribbean so i actually had to get a new passport and everything so this is a new experience for me uh it's been a lot of fun so far like i said it's been a little hectic had some travel nightmare issues yesterday that were you know out of anyone's control except the airline but uh <laughs> it's just uh is what it is but uh no today's been a good day uh it was great it was a great atmosphere in the gym i think it'll even be a little bit uh better tomorrow night you know facing off with team canada the Hoden team hosting this event so um today was a great day and i'm gonna do more of the touristy stuff i think tomorrow because there's a night game um eight o'clock tip tomorrow night i think for tv folks it's gonna be tape delay if i remember that correctly and then radio you'll have it live so uh, that's the way to tune in tomorrow. And then if you go to the Global Jam website, uh, the live stats are there too. So if, you, if you're dying and can't wait for that uh, tape delay, which I think is not till midnight Eastern, uh, there are ways to at least know what's going on, hear what's going on, 
Uh, and obviously I'll be posting updates on Twitter as I can. So um, that'll be tomorrow. But uh, yeah, this is a first one for me being up here in Toronto and north of the border here. I'm going to host it with, with Tony Depp. You know, he was, of course, from right outside Memphis, played in the league for over a decade. So been to all the cities. Hated the cold weather, first of all. So, mm. you know, he, don't blame him. This is the right time of year to be here, man. Exactly. I, I would be miserable if it was <laughs> if it was January. I mean, well, we're an hour from Buffalo, and we see the shots from Buffalo uh, during football season. And uh, yeah, I like Kentucky in, in that aspect. <laughs> he played for the Celtics. He got traded to Boston, and he I think he's just you know got a hotel you know to finish out the season. Didn't want to try to get a house, or whatever. But he he said the minute. The season ended. He was already had his stuff loaded. Was on the plane back to Phoenix because that's where. That's that's like definitely a temperature change right there. That is definitely a temperature change. And I I asked him, you know, I pulled up his stats. You know, looked at the years he played all eighty-two games, and a couple years he was in Phoenix. He said, "Because look, man, that that weather." He said, "My body felt good. The weather was right in Phoenix. You know, he was a warm weather guy." But he did say. You know, Toronto was kind of low-key one of his favorite cities if you go in the summertime. <laughs> so you're there at that yeah. right time. So you're going to get to go out and see the sights in the city and all that cool stuff. So, man, I'm, I'm a little jealous that you get to be up there and, and checking out Toronto. But at least you're up there in July. Yeah, thank God it's July. I, I think I'd be a little a little uh, uh, struggling a little bit if it was uh, the winter time. But, uh, yeah, my, my only thing, I'm a little bummed that it's all-star break and can't go catch a ball game because I'm going to be getting out of here on Friday. But other than that, I'll, I'll go do some of the fun stuff that they have to offer up here, uh, get a lay in the land and then uh, get back home on Friday. So looking forward to all of it. There you go. So Kentucky 81, Germany 73 in this first game of the global jam. And for a first game for a team that's only been practicing a handful of times together, finally got a full roster a little bit ago. And, hey, look, and this was not Bahamas competition no. they, they they put on a pretty good showing today they sure did those were big those dudes were big uh <laughs> the germany guys i know that's not like a great analysis uh it's very <laughs> elementary of me but those were big dudes i mean i know i think it was six guys listed at six seven or taller uh, i don't know six seven felt like undercutting some of the guys especially uh the center that we saw Duthiero score over and i believe it was him who had the shot attempt late in the second half that he swatted away um but that dude was uh, listed at 7-1 I, I think that was underselling him so really big team when kentucky obviously you don't have aaron bradshaw for the foreseeable future i, I don't even think he made the trip up here i didn't see him at least uh, and then unfortunately ugana onyenso uh got hurt yesterday during a a friendly that you know was closed so no one saw it and i guess some fans snuck in and that was the the picture that was floating around on Twitter or whatever, but um, there was an injury. Calipari obviously confirmed that, and it sounds like he'll be down for this trip. So unfortunate for him. Hopefully uh, he'll be all right, you know, as we get closer to the season. But Kentucky playing with Jordan Burks, a 6'9 freshman, uh, Trey Mitchell, a 6'9 forward, obviously plenty of experience. And 
that was kind of the gist of their height, you know, and Justin Edwards obviously is a taller guy, but he, he's a guard and Cal even talked about how he tried to plug him in at the four today and he just didn't know what he was doing at that position because they had never played it. So they were playing really, really small ball. And if you look at the shot chart and all that, it kind of reflects that in a good way. Um, I thought the shot selection was really good. You know, the execution of it, you know, the three-point line's a little deeper with the fever rules, the ball's a little different. So, you know, the shots didn't always fall, but a lot of them did. I mean, Trey Mitchell was four for six from three. And um, I think the, the two guys that stood out to me the most, I mean, it reads, you know, <laughs> that's the Antonio Reeves we kind of got spoiled seeing toward the end of last year. So, you know, I'm not going to dig too much into him, but um, Trey Mitchell, man, uh, that was uh, – they got something at that four spot if that's a, a sign of what's to come here. I mean, 20 points, stepping back and hitting four or six from three. Uh, he talked about how he was a really good passer, uh, and that was kind of an underrated part of his game uh, when he met with the media last Friday, I believe, was his day. And he showed that off. There was a bounce pass he made that looked like it was coming from a guard, uh, a bounce pass um, where he was up uh, a little above the uh, free throw line. And he bounced it in to DJ Wagner for just a beautiful dunk. And it was a perfectly executed play and just an amazing pass for a big man. And I thought he did some pretty good things defensively. And then the other one, which everyone's raving about for good reason, is uh, if you if you took a Duthiero's face off of him, he looks like a different dude. Like, I would not recognize the Duthiero. Uh, the muscles he put on, the... Um, I mean, I don't know if he grew in height, uh, but standing <laughs> next to him this year compared to last year feels different. Uh, the confidence he was playing with, being able to finish plays, which I think last year was that one thing that was kind of escaping him. I remember against Arkansas in that last regular season game, he kept getting the ball in the paint, whether it was driving in or um, whether it was a pass in the paint, whatever, a rebound, and he just didn't have the strength to put that play in and finish the play, either get blocked or he would um, take a hard foul and then maybe wouldn't convert at the free throw line or he would travel or whatever. This year he's he's got he's finishing those plays uh, with strength, or at least he did today, and that's what we've kind of heard about going into this. And I thought he was tremendous. I mean, seven rebounds. Uh, he had a couple of contested shots over dudes who were taller than him that – I asked him straight up, do you think you would have been able to do that last year? And he didn't say yes or no, uh, but he just talked about how he trusts his body so much more and he has so much more confidence in himself. Uh, and John Calipari raved about the confidence thing today, too, after the game. So he he stole the show for me. He was the guy that I was super impressed with. And, you know, obviously DJ Wagner, he just doesn't look like a freshman out there, the way he moves and the way he plays. So um, there's a lot to like. Um, and you know, I'm sure we can even go a little deeper than that. But uh, th those were the kind of the things off the top that uh, that jumped out to me. And overall, uh, hard not to be impressed with what you saw. But, you know, yes, the competition's much better than <laughs> what they played last year. But it, at the end of the day, it's just a summer game. And, uh, you know, it's the start of a long journey that, you know, after these next three games won't pick up again for another four months or so. Yeah, I, you know, I, I had a chance to check out the highlights, man. Didn't check out the game. Um, and the first thing I thought about was right off the bat, just watching it, you could see the confidence coming out of the screen on those guys. I mean, it mm -hmm. was just, I mean, they're creating their own shots off the dribble, obviously shooting the ball better, shooting contested shots better. Uh, and I know it's just one game, but they played they play better than I would expect a team that just got together to play. Uh, in one game. So I, I was impressed, man, to be honest with you. 
I actually enjoy I enjoy watching the highlights. You know, I'm kind of excited for the season now um, because I, I think they got some guys on that team that can, like I said, create and um, and, and they can create plays. They create shots. Um, you know, they got good handles. Uh, yeah. You know, they got a good ball handling team this year. Uh, you know, they got good athleticism, good speed. Um, you know, you got a chance to see Reed Shepard make a few good dimes. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. he, he can see the floor. Even at the you know the steal and the behind the back pass to uh, to the guy on the dunk. I mean, they just look like they're a little bit more oiled than you know they probably should yep. be at this point, which is a good sign. So there may be some uh, a good mesh of guys, a good chemistry of guys. So we'll see how it goes. Um, you know, I, I like the confidence though. The confidence is is really kind of sticking out to me. And I agree with all that. And of course. I think a couple of weeks ago, Jalen, uh, you and I, when you were on vacation, Aaron, mm -hmm. when Trey Mitchell announced his commitment and we knew the guy was versatile, kind of inside-outside guy, 35 36% three-point shooter, I think, last year. And my thing was, I'm like, I wonder if, if Cal's going to give him that green light to shoot some threes. I'm curious to see how many threes he will get a game. And we saw him knocking down the three ball today. Now they are going to look different when you get the seven footers back. Yeah. But I don't 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 squash this versatility that this guy's capable of doing that. Still let him step out there and shoot that three because he's capable. He's comfortable. It wasn't a struggle. It wasn't fluky. He wasn't banking stuff in. He no. was calmly stroking threes in rhythm. Good shots. He's a veteran. The whole nine. So I, I like what I saw. For, it is one game. It's, it doesn't mean, you know, rush to, hey, Final Four. But no. it's, it's, it's good to see what we saw. You know what I'm saying? But uh, yeah. we got to keep it all in perspective, Mr. K. And they're FIBA threes. Like, they're long, They're a little bit yeah. longer. Yeah. And the ball is a little different. And he, like you said, they were not cheapies. They weren't bank shots. Like, they, they, they were money. And a couple of them were deep. So – uh, even deep for the feeble line. So very, I thought I was blown away by him. Actually. I thought he was everything is advertised, maybe even a little more. I was already very impressed with him getting to talk to him last Friday uh, when he met with the media. Uh, he talked again after the game, same thing. So, I mean, this is a guy who's been there, done that. Uh, we're talking about his fourth school. So he's not phased by the whole transition. He has ties to Calipari, not directly, but with his, his stepdad having known him for forever before Trey was even born, he was explaining, uh, to us last Friday. So he's a guy who's going to be comfortable. And, you know, I think the, the key is, and you're right, that that's the big question. When Ugana and Onyenso and, and even Aaron Bradshaw are back in the mix, is this going to, is the shot chart going to look as pretty? I know uh, Sean Smith, shout out to him, posted the shot chart a couple times and how clean it looks. It's all either layups, threes, and a couple of, uh, of mid ranges that Kentucky for the most part made. So, um, meaning that they're just shots that there were complete confidence in. And maybe, you know, maybe that's the personnel, but maybe on an optimistic side, it's it's John Welsh, man. I mean, the coach that that Cal Perry hired to fix his offense. I mean, that that is essentially what he did. It's, it's the closest thing we're ever going to get uh, to an offensive coordinator under Cal that fans have been screaming and crying for, and rightfully so, the last couple of years. So maybe that's an effect where the the approach is going to be a little different. Maybe that is a sign of things to come. Uh, and that, I think, would be extremely exciting to see the offense kind of catch up with the times a little bit. And, uh, you know, 
again, if Trey Mitchell is going to be that type of threat, you know, to shoot outside, um, I, I, I was talking about it with someone today up here in Toronto. I can't remember the last time Kentucky had a four uh, doing that. I mean, that would be just massive, I think, for this team. And um, uh, it, it's definitely something to get excited about, even though it is, you know, the first game of a summer uh, tour trip. So if that is the case, shout out to Cal for making these hires and yeah. then, then letting them do what they do. Let them come in and work. Right. Let them come in and change your offense. Don't come in and then not let him do anything and just kind of, you know, limit his ability to come in and do his job. This guy's highly regarded pretty much by everybody he's worked with. So come in and that should take pressure off of you. You trust him to, hey, I'm just going to let you do this. And you run the offense, you coordinate it, you get this player development, player, player relations, interactions going. It's, it's good. Um, they did all this too. And they're, as you know, Tom Lee's on the broadcast, they got their kicks jacked, man. They're, they got their shoes. I know. Going. What was up with that? that? Yeah, yeah, man. That was something else. That that, that would have pissed me off, man. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever I get mean, shoes stolen or have to change whole, quickly like that, Jay? Let me. The whole bag? Oh, <laughs> and who did like what? Like, I don't know, man. That one was I couldn't when I read that. I had to read that tweet a couple times to make sure I was uh not not it wasn't like a uh a burner account or something fake, but like that <laughs> yeah. was just like it felt like a, a story out of like a bad TV show or something. That was uh man, that that was crazy, and just to have the foresight to, to have a backup bag. You know, to have a go-to, you know, just in case, a spare bag of kicks for everybody. So yeah, are they, they known for stealing shoes up here? Like, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, Aaron, watch out, man! I know. Yeah, I got one pair of sneakers. If I, they take mine, I got nothing. I got one pair of shoes with me. I don't. I don't I'm not socks. a big shoe guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna be in socks, and they're gonna look at me like I'm crazy here. <laughs> man, oh, and and going back to Thierry too, before we go wherever else y'all want to go after this. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the dude is just continually growing ever since he got on campus. You know, they keep talking about, you know, growing height. And like you mentioned, the the weight that he's added, but he's continuing to grow, still maturing, still mm -hmm. getting to know his body. The play that stood out to me, it was uh, just a pass out front. And he started to creep into the passing lane. And the player for Germany as he's making the pass, kind of sees him like, oh, God. And it was a lose-lose for him. Yeah. If, he, if he makes an accurate pass to his teammate, it's a steal and a dunk. So he ends up just throwing an errant pass that his teammate can't catch, and the ball just sails out of bounds. So either way, a dude forced that turnover. I'm sure, Jaden, may you see a corner creeping – and you can't you can't hold it. The ball's about to be thrown, yeah. and that's the way he was when he made that pass. He saw him like if I pass this where I plan on, it's a steal. And so he was like, oh, it's like he kind of had a, a little twitch, and so he threw it out of bounds. I, I'm you got to know Jalen what he's went through. That, that yeah, yeah that, those are the bloopers that uh, I'm glad the world don't get to see, especially, <laughs> especially like in practice, man. You, you know, it, it happens to everybody, but uh, you know. A lot of times throwing a football when you try to do that, like sometimes you just like almost like spike the ball. Uh, it is it is extremely weird. You know, your coach is like, what the hell is going on? But, um, 
But yeah, it, you know, it happens. But like, you know, kind of going back to what you were saying, man, like the 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 athleticism and the length of these guys, they got a chance to be pretty good on defense, man. You know, yes. they if they buy into you know, the chip on your shoulder thing, playing defense, playing hard-nosed defense, and with the shooting ability, you know, I don't want to jinx it, but they got a chance to do some stuff this year, uh, you know, if that's the case. Yeah, I was really impressed for, you know, a first time out there in July. Um, I know, that, you know, it's these European teams are notorious for shooting a bunch of threes, and when you shoot a bunch, you know, uh, uh, some are going to go in, and that, that did happen today. But I thought Kentucky – just flat out using their size did a pretty damn good job at, you know, uh, closing out on shots and being there, at least having it contested. Uh, there weren't that many wide open looks. And I thought they did a good job, you know, working around some of the screens. Uh, and do, that was obviously a, a major, major weakness for this team last season. Um, and it wasn't just one guy, even though Oscar kind of got the brunt of it. I, there was a lot of guys who struggled with working around screens, both guards and big. So um, those two things were really, really encouraging for, you know, first time out there. And I think, you know, we always hear Cal say it, um, how he, you know, they always work on defense later. It's not something they do early. Uh, so for them to look pretty, pretty good defensively, um, I mean, that that's very encouraging. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Canada, and I think Aaron, before we started, you said that maybe there's a chance Jamal Murray shows up tomorrow. Uh, yeah, I, I, I he was talking about Shea Gilgis Alexander's mom being at the game today, and that he's a possibility. I thought he might have mentioned the Jamal Murray too. Uh, I honestly, I believe that's the case. I I think that's what I heard. Uh, I'm I'm gonna be honest with you now that I, I'm backtracking a little bit. I'm trying to remember if I heard that correctly, but yeah, man, I think tomorrow night's gonna be a really cool atmosphere, regardless of who's in the building, just because you know this is obviously Team Canada's event. They're hosting it. You know they're. Uh, the home team per se, and uh, mm-hmm. this is their country, and their fans are going to want to go see their their country bend and play. And then you have the Kentucky factor, and there are a you know obviously it's not Rupp Arena North up here, but there there are a lot of Kentucky fans who made the trip up, whether they're just blue blood fans, whether they have ties to the program, like we saw with some of the folks who went to the Bahamas or or whatever it is. There is a good Kentucky contingency here. I mean, they were booing the officials. They was anytime they were cheering, it was about Kentucky. It wasn't about Germany today. So um, I was pretty impressed with how. And I, I mean, I should have been surprised, but <clears throat> this fan base, man, they just show up and they did it today, and I'm sure they'll do it tomorrow. But have some. Uh, this time off some opposition, uh, giving it back to them a little bit. It should be a fun, pretty fun environment. And like I was saying before we started, this arena that it's at, it's a very, I don't know what the capacity is. It can't be more than a couple thousand, two or three. Uh, it's a small gym. It's a really intimate setting. It's a, it's a col. I, I, I believe it's a college gym and it's, it's a hockey arena, of course, where, and we are in Canada. So um, it, it's a pretty cool little atmosphere they got there. And I think uh, if it's a packed house tomorrow uh, with Canada and Kentucky, uh, that should make for a pretty fun evening. And Jamal Murray, I'm not a huge SP guy, but Jamal Murray just wins the SP for comeback player of the year. So pretty deserving to yeah. come back from that knee injury he had and then, you know, be a big reason his team is the champs there out there in Denver. So uh, congrats to him for that. Uh, for winning that award. Um, so, yeah, man, 
I'll, I'll check your tweets. Part of me is supposed to just be a night owl and, and watch it when they do the tape delay at midnight. Just, but uh, I'll probably That's a tough time. see see your little <laughs> see your tweets and stuff. Um, first time we've seen the men play four 10 minute quarters instead of yes. two 20 minute halves. You know, they're the only in college basketball. That's right. For the men are the only ones that are still resisting going to quarters. So that was that was cool seeing. You know, four 10 minute quarters, and, and and in addition to the international rules with the goaltending when it's on the rim and, and all that kind of stuff, you see when it's a FIBA game. Yeah, I, I've always kind of been an advocate for bringing that to the men's game because I think it's more efficient, uh, which I think is good for everybody. It keeps more fan enga- fans engaged. It gets these student athletes, you know, in and out of there a little quicker because obviously, you know, they they've got a ton going on. That you know, it's a win win for everybody. I think fans in attendance too, especially during those you know Tuesday night nine o'clock starts. I just think it's a good thing for everybody. Uh, but I'll say this: I don't know if it was just the way they were doing TV timeouts or the style that of this this game was the you know the runs that both teams went on that caused some timeouts to be burned. It was a long game, <laughs> and I don't know. Uh, it was a long game. It was definitely over two hours uh, from opening tip to the time uh, things wrapped up. So, again, I'm not sure if that was a just a this game only. You know, we'll see what it's like tomorrow. But um, it, it, it definitely was interesting to get the perspective. I've obviously covered uh, when Ryan Howard was here, covered a couple women's games when they were going right. And um, I know they had to take, I think it was two TV timeouts per quarter uh, and those games flew, man. So I'm not saying it would be the same in the men's game, but I, I am curious, like, to get a trial run of it in the NCAA. I don't think it would ever happen, but I, I'd love to see how it works back home. Ryan Howard just got selected to the WNBA All-Star game, yep. had a big 40-point game the other day. So, you know, year two is going well. I mean, she, you know, she had a great be- year one as well, and then she's followed up with a, another great year. So already an All-Star, so that was cool yeah. to – Nah, she's, she's her and still i mean you could argue one and two those are the two that are the best of ever valerie still and that is of course uh that come through this program uh women's wise for sure so mm-hmm. happy for ryan happy to see her keep killing it she was definitely a ton of fun uh when she was here i, I went to a couple games just to really to see her do her thing in person so um really really good athlete there absolutely absolutely now, unless y'all got something else to, we got a couple of little nuggets from last week that we hadn't got to. And look, it's, it's summertime; it's talking season next week. That uh, is. So we just just backtrack, but in the little message route, we messaged. You know, I saw where, you know, Kentucky's favored in nine games. It's like, hey, yo, know, nine and three—that's cool. If they, you know, if if it came to fruition, nine and three, right. it's probably going to be under. So that means underdogs against Alabama, Georgia. And you would assume probably Tennessee, based on what happened down there last year, based on the history against Tennessee. Look, we y'all listen. If you missed last week, go back. We ranked some of the top ten wins based off of what Aaron's been writing for the Cats Pauls, and not many wins against Tennessee. No. So I'm like, okay, everybody's picking them to lose those three games. Then you look again and see that Louisville is favored in all twelve of their games. <laughs> And so you don't have to be a genius to know that Louisville plays Kentucky. So that means they're picking Louisville as a favorite over Kentucky. So it's cool that Kentucky, in their mind, is favorite over Tennessee. But how you got them as a dog to Louisville? I mean, that was yeah. 
I just thought that was eye-opening, you know. So I think it goes – yeah, I think they probably should be underdogs against Tennessee and favorite against Louisville. I mean, both in both cases, what has the – what what is the favorite in that game proven uh, against the other? And it's not like, look, I, I get Louisville's under a new coaching staff. I think Jeff Brom will actually do a pretty good job there, uh, especially because, and it's not even a knock on him, it's just how it is. The ACC is not very good, and it's a much easier conference to rebuild in uh, than Hugh Freeze is going to have to in the SEC, that Billy Napier is entering year two of at Florida. Uh, it's just the nature of the ACC right now. And there have been years where the ACC has been very good. That's just not the case right now. Uh, and you look at their schedule. I mean, it, it, <laughs> their toughest game outside of Kentucky might be Notre Dame or Miami. Like it is a, it's a cupcake schedule. Let's just call it what it is. You want to call Kentucky's games against EKU, Akron, and uh, whoever I'm missing in there, Ball State, easy. Yeah, they probably are. Uh, but these are 13 very manageable or 12, I should say, very manageable games for Louisville. So I kind of get in theory why they're favored in all 12. I still think, you know, having them favored at Pittsburgh, who's been a pretty solid program the last couple of years is wrong. Uh, Even against Notre Dame, who had a strong finish to last year, even though that game is at home for Louisville. Um, Maybe even Miami, who, who knows what we're going to get from Miami. You just never know uh, on any given Saturday with that program. But I don't have too many gripes with, you know, Indiana, uh, Boston College, Duke, Virginia, whatever. But and then then that Kentucky game. I mean, it'd be one thing if the last four meetings between these two teams have been close, but they haven't. I mean, last year was the closest it was and it was still 13 points and felt like more than that. So uh, it doesn't make much sense. I get I get the new coaching staff. I think they'll do a good job pretty quickly. I get that it's in Louisville, not that that makes a huge difference. And same when it's at Kroger Field, it doesn't make that big of a difference. Uh, it's a 50-50 crowd, usually close to it. I think I think Louisville fans were a little checked out at the end of this year, and so were Kentucky fans. So by default, Kentucky fans had more in attendance just being at home, you know, this past year, and it was also senior day. Um, but, you know, it, it's not going to be an overwhelmingly pro-Louisville or Kentucky crowd no matter of where the game is. So it doesn't make any sense to me. And, you know, everything I just said from a history standpoint, I don't think Kentucky should be favored over Tennessee either, uh, even though that game will be Lex- in Lexington. And Tennessee fans and, and Kentucky fans make their way down to Knoxville great, and Tennessee fans invade Lexington very well when they when they play here too. So um, not, neither of those make any sense to me. Yeah, they, they ain't winning 12 games. Uh, no, no. <laughs> They they they're not winning ten games. Uh, look, you know I like I think eight the, regular seasons the max. Yeah, I like I like Brom and I like what they do on offense. Just me being an offensive guy and everything, but you know, coming from where they came from, it's not like you're taking over a team that's been winning eleven or twelve games. You're taking over a team that's you know been winning six or seven and you know that type of thing. So. Um, New scheme, new culture. Usually, you take a little bit of a dip before you, you know, start to climb. Uh, so, you know, I don't, I don't think it'll be. You know, I don't know who. Again, I don't know who made that up, who created that. You know, but that, they're not winning twelve games. I mean, that's nah. it's not, it's not happening. Uh, Notre Dame will be pretty good this year, in my opinion. I think Notre Dame will beat them. Uh, obviously, I think Kentucky will beat them. Kentucky's just, you know, Kentucky just got that number right now. Uh, so they'll, they'll beat them, but 
you know, like you said, you never know what you get from Miami. Miami has a, a decent roster, but you just don't know uh, what you're going to get from them, even though they have some talent. So, you know, they won't win 12. I think they'll be better on offense this year. I think they'll throw the ball better for sure. Uh, but, you know, I just don't see them being able to be physical enough, be big enough in the trenches uh, right. to slow Kentucky down. Yeah, and I think that's the big thing that even last year I saw a lot of people pick Louisville going into the into the game, and I get it. I mean, there was the, the one glaring thing with last year's matchup was Louisville had a great pass rush last season, and Kentucky had a terrible offensive line. But when you look at the trenches, still, I mean, Kentucky's got an SEC roster, man, and Louisville has an ACC roster, and it's not in the dominant. Like it's not Clemson, it's just not there yet. And I'm not saying Clemson's as good as they were even two years ago, but uh, they're nowhere near what Clemson is right now, in my opinion. They're probably not near Notre Dame, who I know is not in that conference, but is usually on their schedule. Uh, they're not there yet either. So it's going to take time, and maybe they will. I wouldn't be surprised. Like I said, I think Brom, that being his alma mater, his hometown, he's going to do a great job there, uh, especially offensively. But uh, that, and I know that there's the transfer portal rebuilding easy or whatever, but uh, when you look at the full picture, it's going to take more than one year at Louisville. They're not, they're not 2016 Louisville, which Kentucky still beat, but uh, <laughs> they're not 2016 Louisville. Uh, they're just not there yet. Now, Jalen, did you happen to see <laughs> the hype video Louisville football put out in the park, tossing the ball around? Skins versus skins, whatever that was the other day. I just, I did not see that. I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> I'm just like, if they had asked y'all to do that, would, would y'all been eager to? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know about that, man. I, you know, I, I don't know about that. You know, even Brom was out there, man. I was like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. gotta make. I gotta pay the bills somehow. I guess. Oh my god. You always wonder who make the decisions to do this type of stuff. Like who, you know, you always wonder that who's who had to sign off on yes, let's do this. You know what I'm saying? Like you just don't hey, but you know, whatever floats your boat, but you know, no. You know, we're not we're not doing that. Yeah. Not yeah. doing that. I think I think that's actually hilarious though. You know, the fact that they even did that. It's almost like goofy. You know, so I'm sure teams Teams on the schedule may, you know, post that, post a picture or something in the uh, locker room. That's like bullet to board material. Yeah. You, know, you know, let's get these these ducks out of here. But, uh, yeah, no. Nah. No. Yeah, I I didn't get that one, man. But uh, whatever. It's that time It's that time of year. I, I, look, I didn't understand at all what South Carolina was doing last year and then that video. Yeah, that was lame too. too, man. And then it worked the other way, right, where, you know, Mark Stoops did make a comment. I, I know he says he didn't, but let's face it, he did. And he had his number, like, Kentucky beat South Carolina last year. They were seven in their last eight. And you know what? South Carolina flipped it on its head. And, you know, I'll give him credit for that one game. Um, but, uh Hey, I don't see it working out that same way. But uh, that, yeah, I don't know what, like you said, the decision makers sometimes it, uh, it just makes you scratch your head. Yeah. yeah. So when you head to Nashville next week, what are you <laughs> going to be looking for storyline wise? I mean, of course you're covering the cats and yeah, you'll see Stoops and, and Eli and everybody that's going, but what are you going to be looking for? I guess from a SEC conference view as when you head down there 
Yeah, uh, that's a great question. I think it's kind of it's going to be an interesting one. It's going to be obviously the first, the last one, I should say. You know, with the 14 teams, you know, we're going to add two next year with Texas and Oklahoma. So I'm a little interested to see kind of the talk about the scheduling changes and how some of the players who maybe are going to just be watching as fans. Because a lot of, obviously, for media days, a lot of the players that come are seniors who are not going to be back next year, you know, represent their pro, like JJ, for example, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, entering his last year of eligibility. Um, I know Eli Cox has a COVID year he could use. This is probably going to be it for him. Um, and then Ox, I think, has a COVID year as well. But, you know, looking around the SEC at some of the guys who are going, there are a lot of guys who this is it for them. So, you know, I think that's something I'm very interested in um, to see how they're kind of feeling about what it's going to look like next year. Uh, and this kind of being an end of an era in a sense, right? Where the division play, uh, I don't know exactly. I don't know if there's, I don't think there's going to be an SEC East and West next year. I think it's going to be one big SEC uh, like we see in the Big 12. So, uh, I'm very curious to kind of get a vibe check on that. Um, obviously, there's only one new coach. Last year, there were a bunch of new coaches. This year, it's just one, but <laughs> it's you freeze. So uh, I, 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 that's going to be an interesting one. Uh, I think he's on Tuesday. So um, that'll be pretty interesting to see what the vibe is with him. And uh, same with Mississippi State. I mean, I know there's such an unfortunate situation why they have a new coach, of course. Yeah. Uh, I'm hoping there's going to be some Mike Leach tribute kind of stuff i know it's been a little bit now but it's first time SEC media days you know since his passing and uh you know hoping there's some cool stuff with him and uh getting to see some hear some of those stories those are always fun to hear so um those, those are some of the big things and just you know kind of the same thing as last year i'll try to gauge you know how some of the guys who have played kentucky or are going to this year feeling about that one um that'll be cool to get an Alabama perspective because uh, they haven't played Kentucky in a while and they will this year. So um, that one's coming up on Wednesday morning, the same day Kentucky talks. So uh, there's definitely some storylines, but I think this one is, um, I think it's more of a big picture than uh, I, I, I guess to me, I was, I'm a part of this group that uh, with two, four, seven, that we're going to be filling out a ballot every week, you know, ranking the 14 teams. And I had to come up with a preseason one, and, you know, I can give you guys my ballot in a minute if you guys want. But, like, it is hard this year. Like, I yep. feel like there's more parity. Yep. You know, I obviously – I still think Georgia's the top dog, and they have – it has to be proven otherwise. But I can make a case for, like, four teams at two, and I can't remember the last time I could say that. So, I am just interested to see how everyone's kind of approaching this season. What are you looking for, Jalen? You know, talking season and, and all that. Yeah. Yes, same thing, man. I'm looking forward to see what, you know, the buzz around, um, you know, the Malzahn situation, new head coach at Auburn. Uh, and just – I just like – I like media days. I like to just get a feel for what's yeah. going on, uh, get a feel for what, you know, you know they, they, they're trained not to give you too much. But you can still get a feel for what, uh, you know, what teams have or what teams looking forward to and what their, you know, what their expectations are realistically. Uh and I also want to see because you're going to get people who are going to ask questions about the whole Northwestern situation. I want to see what people say. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, I want to see what because you're going to get people who say, "Okay, what do you feel about you know the situation?" And like I said, the players are going to be trained not to say anything. Uh, the coaches are going to try to get around it, but they're going to say some stuff. And I want I just want to see what happens with that because if I had to guess, that question will be asked a few times. Uh, yeah. if, what? How do you manage that? 
because it goes on in most programs to a degree. Now, not to that degree. Uh, what 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 you know that allegedly was doing that 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 you know I've never heard of anything like that. And I've been on some teams that did some crazy stuff, but never heard anything like that. Um, yeah. So I you know I don't know what they need some they need some you know holy water up there or something. But that you know I I don't I don't know what that what they got going on. That's that's ridiculous. But uh, but yeah, I, I love media days. I, I like to see obviously what Kentucky say, and I immediately go straight to Nick Saban in Alabama. See what they talk yep. about. Uh, <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's just what I do. Now I take my time to go see what Georgia's talking about. Well, take that back. Tennessee next, then Georgia, uh, and yeah. everybody else. I like to see what Jimbo Fisher says because he, you know, you kind of got to rewind it back like five times. <laughs> Man. Uh, that- <laughs> but but you know it, he, good information. I like I like listening to office of my coach office of my coaches. Um, and if they bring their quarterbacks, automatically listen to the quarterbacks. Yeah, actually, let me get the list of quarterbacks. I know there's a couple, but it's not you know obviously Kentucky and I, I respect what they're doing. Decided not to bring Larry, and I think I think they try to get guys who either haven't done either it's either you haven't done it or you um you've been part of the program for a while so there's no Devin Larry coming um but there are some quarterbacks I know last year you know we had Seston Bennett Bryce Young Anthony Richardson uh I'll get it for you guys in a minute who the quarterbacks are but that's a great point that's something too Mike Wright also and he was he's a guy I talked to for a few minutes last year and was blown away by I really really like uh, Mike Wright, and I hope he does well at uh, Mississippi State and finds a role down there. But, um, yeah, the quarterbacks are always – so here we go. Let's see. Uh, Jaden Daniels from LSU is on the list. Nothing else from day one. Nothing from Georgia. Auburn, no. Will Rogers from Mississippi State will be there. He wasn't there last year. Been there 13 years. Uh, KJ Jefferson will be there again. He was there last year from Arkansas. Yeah, Will Rogers, that's so true. Um, and then Thursday, is that it? Spencer Rattler and Joe Milton. So um, those are probably the two biggest names of the, of the group there. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be – I think it's going to be a good time. I love SEC Media Days. I love the networking aspect. But, um, hey, it, hopefully my battle will be better this year than last year. My ballot stunk last year, my predictions, outside <laughs> of Georgia. I, I picked Alabama to win the SEC. That went wrong. Um, I think I picked Auburn. I think I correctly had Auburn finishing. No, I had LSU finishing last in the SEC West. I found it. And uh, they won the SEC West. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I had Kentucky finishing second. They finished the top of it. So, you know, hopefully it'll be a little better this year. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep, yep. yeah. Be that time before we know it. That time before yeah. we know it. Looking forward to getting your first impressions from day one this time next yeah. week, man. So do you want me guys to you want me to give you my top 14 real quick? And yeah, let's hear that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Let's hear that. I want to give you my what I think about it. Okay. You want me to go one to fourteen or fourteen to one? Whatever you want to do, man. All right, we'll go one to fourteen. We'll go. So for now, this is Georgia, LSU, Alabama, Tennessee, four, Kentucky at five, Arkansas at six, South Carolina seven, Ole Miss eight, Mississippi State nine, Mizzou tenth, A and M eleventh, Auburn twelve, Florida thirteen, Vanderbilt fourteen. Man, you got A and M at eleven. I have A and M at eleven. I I just think there's 
I can't see that amount of talent flopping again. I have them at 11, so it's not like I got them super high or low. I, but, yeah. I, but for me, the one – floor, I have no idea what to do with Florida, and that's why I have them at 13. They they could be really good. I got, They could stink, and I think they might stink. I got Florida. At, I think Vanderbilt will be Florida this year. Wow. Again. Uh, yeah, I think <laughs> – This will be Florida, at the Swamp. At yeah. Florida. I think Vanderbilt will be Florida at Florida this year. Um, Florida is – Florida has to be the worst program in the SEC right now. Yeah, they, they're uh, going through a rebuild. A you know, full yeah, they, rebuild. Yeah, they are. I mean, they're they knocking down everything. They're knocking down every wall they have, and they rebuilding that thing. But I'm more so, uh, you know, I got Georgia 1. Yep. Uh, I got Bama 2. Yeah, that was – I struggled with that one, man. I got Bama 2. I got Tennessee 3. Mm-hmm. LSU, LSU got to prove it to me. I got LSU four. Okay. Um, I got Kentucky five. Yep, that's where I had them. Um, six, six. I'm gonna. Uh, this is a tough one. Yeah. I'm gonna go with South Carolina at six. Yeah, I I was stuck between them and Arkansas at six. I I did go Arkansas, yeah. but I'm gonna go with South Carolina at six. I'm gonna go with Texas A&M at seven. Okay, so you're back on the train. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Texas A&M at seven. Um. I'm gonna go with uh, Arkansas at eight. Okay. Um, let's get tricky right here. Um, yeah. Ole Miss at nine. Yep. Mississippi State at ten. Um, at eleven, I'm gonna go with Missouri. Yeah, their defense is gonna be legit this year. Yeah, twelve. I'm gonna go with Auburn. Okay. Auburn got a ways to go. Now yeah, that, that's right. Yeah. That can change because depending on who they, how the quarterback play is. Yeah, that, they're they're a wild again. They're like Florida, I, and I think even more so than Florida. They're a wild card of our new era. We just don't know. Yeah, Thir- thirteen. I I I thought about putting Vanderbilt in Missouri spot. But I'm gonna just go on a safe bet. I'm gonna go thirteen, uh, Vandy, and fourteen is is the swamp. Wow. Yeah. You heard it here first, folks. Fourteen, fourteen in the swamp with it, man. I, I just don't see. I I, I, don't I, see I I honestly think that I posted this. I was talking to my cousin on Twitter, uh, who were kind of replying back and forth. I think that Vanderbilt can win five games this year. I I don't think it's crazy, and I I, I would have to know if the math is even allows it. But I wouldn't be surprised if the entire SEC is bowl eligible this year. That's how I think much parity. I don't. I think Georgia's again. Georgia, until proven otherwise, is the king of college football. No, I'm not saying they're going to go four and eight if Kirby Smart is listening to this. Um, but, <laughs> but there's so much damn parity, man. I mean, it is going to. I think more so than ever uh, with the what you know, obviously the NIL stuff and the transfer portal being the catalyst of it. There is just so much parity in this conference that so much. There's just who knows what's gonna happen, man. It's gonna be I, that's it's fun. I love it, and uh, I truly think there's a path to six wins for every single team in this conference. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I think the parity, the parity, I think is gonna be better than it's than it's ever been, or yeah. not or in a, in a while. You know, I'm sure yeah. there were years with great parity, but you know, I could see every t- I could see Georgia having a loss. I could see Bama having a loss or two. I can see Tennessee having two or three or four. Uh, you know, I, I can see that happening, man. It's just, you know, it's going to be one of those years that I think is going to be a year to remember. I think we're going to get to 
We're going to get to mid late November, and it's going to be like a toss up on the on the SEC championship mm-hmm. game. You know, it's going to be a struggle to find. You know, who are those two teams that deserve to play in that game? So uh, we'll see. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, uh, it's fun, man. And it's right around the corner. That's what's great about it. And like I said, obviously we got media days next week, but Kentucky's own media day on campus, you know, before practice is uh, coming up uh, on the 2nd of August. So we're flying, man. It, it's We're going to be back at Kroger Field before we know it here. Yeah, for sure. I'm trying to cobble up my little list. I don't know. But both of y'all, which – you got A and M eleventh. I don't know Jay. Uh, I have them eleventh. You got them eleventh. Jay got them seven. So three. Yeah. Back on the train, quote unquote, and they're still barely middle of the pack. So they, I mean, that's and for their expectations, that's, all you need to know. that's that's not where anybody in College Station expects them to be. But I'm, I've said it already. I'm, the Petrino Jimbo, if if they mesh. I'll be surprised, but I'm dying on the hill that that's just going to be two headstrong offensive guys. You know, Bobby been a head coach. He's wanting to be a head coach again. I just don't think they're going to – I just – I don't think it's going to be like it's going to be friction and it's going to be – because Jim Jimbo's a hothead. Jimbo is – look, you got to rewind it like you said because, he, you know, that you, you can't you – know, Y'all don't remember the Micro Machines commercials, but that, that the dude was like an auctioneer doing the commercials, and that's how Jimbo sounds. He talks so fast, and I just don't know if is he going to yield to Bobby? Is Bobby are they going to be able to coexist? That's that's right. what I wonder, and maybe yeah. they will. Maybe the chemistry will be great, and they'll score forty five points a game. But I'm just not seeing it happen. Yeah, no, I don't know. You know, I I, I find it hard just from stories that I know personally that it's going to be hard for Jimbo to relinquish uh, some play calling power. Yeah. I just don't, I, baby I just right don't there. see. Yeah. I don't, that's what he does, man. That's, you know, I just don't, I don't see that happening. Maybe they can mesh, uh, you know, but I, I would, I would love to be in those meeting rooms. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know they go at it, man. Yeah. I, I hope it does because it would be great for the conference. It would be great for college football, man, because I think I think everyone was really excited about Alabama and uh, A&M last year, that game in particular, just that division race, even, you know, all the other teams in that the Arkansas had a lot of high expectations. I know they got crushed by the injury bug a little bit. Uh, Ole Miss obviously got off to that 7-0 start, and everyone was kind of like, damn, if A&M was in this race, you're talking about a hell of a dogfight between multiple teams. So if you get A&M in there and with what Alabama always is, with LSU, and I agree with you, Jalen, that's why putting them at two is a little hard for me because I want to see it again and I want to see it even more uh, than we saw last year. Obviously, they win that division. They beat Bama head-to-head, but, you know, they got to go up to Tuscaloosa this year. And, they got again, they, they just have a lot to prove. Brian Kelly's got a lot to prove still, I think. Um, but, man, if you get A&M at its best – with LSU, with Alabama, with potentially a healthy Arkansas. Uh, and who knows with Ole Miss if they could rediscover it. They still got Judkins coming back. They have, you know, Dart did a good job at times. They bring in Spencer Sanders too. I mean, shoot, that could be – and Mississippi State has an outstanding defense that really didn't lose that much. So, hey, that, that division could be the best in college football. And that's why I kind of hate that we might lose divisions. Like I get that. 
I, I like that the FCC is going to go with the new schedule because it's going to lead to a lot of new experiences. It's going to be, I think, you know, kind of like how baseball is doing the whole MLB baseball that is, is doing the whole, you know, everyone plays everybody. There's, it's going to create more parity and it's going to create better scheduling and get a true sense of who the best team is. Um, and the best team will deservedly win it. Uh, but I'm going to miss divisions from that aspect because it is a dogfight and every single game matters where, in every game, every single game still will matter. But it, when it comes to division ball, if you lose one or two in your your division, you know you're not going to go to Atlanta in that case. Where now maybe that'll be a little different. Yeah, for sure, for sure, fellas, man, another good episode. Uh, I think we hit everything. Got the little summer football thoughts that we missed from last week. AG got the global jam on lock, bringing all mm-hmm. the coverage from Toronto. Looking forward to game two tomorrow. Uh, Live again on YouTube and Twitter and uh, subscribe and check that out. I said Believe Network, Believe Podcast. Uh, See a Blue also puts all these episodes up on their site, so we appreciate that as well. And look, we'll be coming to you again. And look, AG will have SEC Media Days on lock. And this be the second time. This will be last year. That's right. Year. I talked to Atlanta last year. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, definitely. Um, and, uh, and that'll be right after Kentucky Day too. So uh, there will be three days worth of nuggets from that uh, coming yeah. up. My last quick question too: for what? Because we had emergency podcast. We did one last year when Kentucky lost to Vanderbilt. Yeah. Because we that was just so shocking. So. Football or basketball, what will cause us to do an emergency podcast mm. first? Will it be for a good reason or will it be mm. for a bad reason? And then we'll end this episode. Damn, that's a good one. Uh, well, I'll say this. Football prevents, presents the – if things go wrong, football presents the opportunities the first four weeks of the year because those four games have got to go 4 now, and that includes Vanderbilt. You've got to go 4-0. Uh, and if they lose any of those games, the season's in serious trouble. But I don't think that'll happen. So I'll say I'll say I think football is but I don't know if they're I don't think they're gonna be Georgia this year, but I give them a chance against Tennessee and or uh, not Georgia and or Alabama at home. So I'll go with football because I just don't I don't know the full basketball schedule when things are happening. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. Uh, I think, you know, Mercer Podcast, Kentucky beats Bama, you know, 31-34. Oh, my you know, gosh. Something, something like that. I think that'll be – that'll be. Uh, I, you know, I don't care what I'm doing, where I'm at. I'm, <laughs> hop, I'm hopping on that podcast. Uh, oh, know. my God. I might be yeah. trying to survive the city of Lexington because it might burn to the ground if that happens. Oh, no. It will, definitely some couches to get burnt. <laughs> <laughs> So that's it. Emergency podcast where hopefully all three of us or one of us or two of us, if our schedules permit something, hopefully we're hoping this for a good reason. But Yes. Yeah, last year was for a crappy reason. Yeah. Oh, man. It was like, God, we really got to get on here and talk about what we just that, saw. I was in Green Bay. I didn't even I, Green Bay. I listened, I listened to it on the radio in and out and was like, man, let me get back and to this. Airbnb and hop on here and talk about this and wasn't that no it was days before Kentucky basketball goes on and loses to Michigan State and Gonzaga back-to-back so it was like and then obviously Kentucky lost their next game it was Georgia so you understand it but yeah it was like a week of Kentucky L's just Mm -hmm. stacked up on one 
on top of another one. So, yeah. so we'll be bringing y'all episodes each week like this, and then an emergency podcast situation present themselves. Hopefully, good ones. We'll bring them to you. If they're crappy ones, we'll bring them to you as well. Appreciate y'all listening and checking us out. And we'll be right back here next week. SEC Media Days talking season. Kentucky Media Day coming up. Season's right around the corner. Believe in Kentucky. We'll have you covered on all of it. Appreciate you. We'll see everybody next week. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube